What's up everyone, welcome to Beyond Nintendo. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the new Switch that's been announced. And a load of Monster Hunter stuff, along with other bits and pieces. Grab them coffees and let's get into it. As always, thank you to Patreons over at patreon.com slash beyondnintendo for supporting the show. You can go over there and support me for as little as a dollar and get my shows early. Well, let's get on with it. That was a really long sigh, a really long kind of way of doing this, but I hope you've got your coffee. We're going to start with probably the biggest news from the um, past week from the Nintendo camp, and it was the announcement of a brand new Switch model. Yes, we're finally getting a Switch OLED. Yes, this was the heavily rumoured or is... You know, the, the Switch Pro, let me start again. The Switch Pro has been heavily rumored for ages and ages and ages. And everyone wanted like an upgrade, 4K output, that kind of stuff. Because let's be honest, the Switch does struggle in, you know, in its fourth year. Don't get me wrong. What it does, it does great, but it does struggle with certain things. Um, and yeah, so when these rumors have been flying around and all that kind of stuff, we thought we were in for a full-blown Switch Pro upgrade. We're talking, you know, as I said, 4K output, all that kind of stuff. But what we got was a new system that features a large 7-inch OLED screen. And the standard console has a 6.2 LCD screen. New wider kickstand, enhanced audio through new built-in speakers. And a LAN port in the dock. There we go. And it also has an upgraded 64 gig of internal storage instead of the 32 on the standard. And it comes in a new color variant as well, the white one. Um, as I said, it has seemed to be fallen short of the surroundings of the, the Switch Pro that was rumored. It's only offering 720 image on its screen and 1080p when docked and playing on your TV. Nintendo has confirmed the CPU and RAM remain unchanged when compared to the original Switch model. It also confirmed the price is about $350 or in the UK it's about £310. And pre-orders are apparently live now. You can't get a hold of one um, because... It's pretty much out of um, stock everywhere, which is always good. Um, I've pre-ordered it uh, for some weird reason. I don't know why. Uh, on game in the UK, you can only register your interest. But I've got one of the OG switches. I haven't actually personally upgraded mine um, at all since the Switch debuted. So, yeah, as I said, I haven't upgraded mine. I thought, what a great way and a great chance to do it. My son has got the revisioned or revert, revised model of the Switch, so he's got the better battery in his Switch. Um, but I've got one of the OG ones, haven't upgraded it, didn't bother with a Switch Lite, and thought this is a really good chance to just step up and grab something a little bit different. I never order a console um, or... You know, I never have ordered one on sort of day one launch. It comes out in October. I'm quite looking forward to this. I think it's going to be an interesting model. The OLED screen will be bloody gorgeous. Um, and that will be. There is, there's no getting away from it. That will be an absolute stunning um, looking model. Uh, or that'll look really good on the seven point screen. Uh, seven point 7.0 inch OLED screen. I don't know. I'm speaking gibberish, um, but it's great to see it coming out. Um, the thing is, um, 
for me, sorry for the long pause, but I'm kind of trying to collect my thoughts. I do this, as I said before, the podcast kind of off the bat. The, the trailer itself was quite good. I'll give them that. Um, it was quite funky, and there was some new bits of gameplay that we hadn't seen. And I watched this 50-second trailer, or 2 minutes 37 trailer, and it sort of click OLED model, and it opened up with the OLED screen, and it was like, okay, they've gone OLED, which is great. And all the things pointed to being something new and exciting and then when we got into the specifications of it it was a bit of a letdown if you ask me it it's a shame that nintendo has not upgraded the um the internals um apparently the dev kits have more ram so the switch is switch has like four or six gigs of ram and the dev kits have eight so whether that's going to make any improvements or give them a chance to experiment with anything, it does feel very strange that they've got the handheld market in their hands and they haven't gone all out. I suppose that's the big thing. It still works very well as a handheld and Nintendo are renowned for making great handheld consoles and I suppose they're just dominating that market a bit more. I don't know. I genuinely do not know i like the new kickstand because the the kickstand on the original switch is useless it's absolutely flimsy there's a great shot of these two people in this trailer playing mario 3d bowser fury thing um and the screen looks absolutely stunning like the size of it it goes right up you know it's almost bezel-less um which is something to really, really kind of look at and be sort of in awe of. It really is looking absolutely stunning. The white, which is the version I've ordered, looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, looking forward to the enhanced audio. The other thing I would have liked to have seen is then is change the position of the damn port on you know on the switch. Maybe you put that behind the kickstand. Make a little flap in the kickstand, or make a hole in the kickstand where when you drop it in the to the in the dock then, yeah, I don't know. I'm picking holes because we need to pick holes at something. We can't turn around and pick holes at the internals because they're not got any upgraded internals. So it's the same thing. Um, The dock looks cool. Uh, The dock was confirmed to uh, work with the original Switch. If you have an original Switch, but you don't have it connected via LAN and you want to connect it via LAN, this has a LAN port. Because on the original dock, it has a internal USB. uh, And then you have to buy an adapter which allowed you to connect to the internet, uh, which is what my current switch, or my current switch is on Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, this white is really, really stunning. Um, and on the back, it looks like they've the back plate now comes off. Instead of flapping down, it comes off. And as I say, you've got an internal LAN port, uh, HDMI, and then a USB-C. And yeah, it's it looks smart. You've got a little bit of gameplay of what looks to be Splatoon 3, it's got really nice the dock's got some really nice rounded edges um to it so hopefully it's a little bit softer on the on the input but the white looks stunning it really does um and it just really does look the part but it as i said i think the big takeaway from this is essentially if you've already got a switch and you bought the revised model you probably don't need this if you play switch predominantly on a screen you won't, you're not going to get anything more from it. If you have an OG Switch, or if you don't have a Switch, 
this is well worth buying. It's well worth getting your hands on instead of buying, you know, the 6.2 LCD. You may as well pay the extra like £30 and get the OLED. Um, they are keeping, by the looks of it, the original Nintendo Switch. And then you've got the OLED model and the light. I suspect you'll start seeing a phase out of the original Switch. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a phase out to this. Hopefully, we're going to get better battery. Um, OLED screen. Hopefully, it's going to be a bit more, you know, better on things. Better on things? I don't know. But Nintendo Life have got a great article which kind of runs down the difference between the models. Yeah, and that's always good. So, um, these are the official details from Nintendo's official PR. Nintendo Switch OLED has a similar overall size to the Nintendo Switch system, but with a layer of vibrant 7-inch OLED screen with vivid colored Chris colors. My speech is all over the place again, guys. Please ignore me. Uh, let's try that again. So, it's got vibrant colors on the 7-inch OLED screen. Um, Nintendo Switch OLED model also features a wide adjustable stand for tabletop mode. And it's got like three positions, which is really cool. Like, it's got upright, slightly less down, and then almost flat. There you go. They're the three upright official positions. That's what I've classed it. A new dock with a wide LAN port, 64 gigs of internal storage, enhanced audio for handheld and tabletop play just like nintendo switch the nintendo switch oled model allows players to play on tv share detachable joy cons for right out of the box multiplayer fun and just like both nintendo switch models and nintendo switch lights with the nintendo switch oled model the system can be taken on the go to enjoy play anywhere versatility a carrying case screen protector set for nintendo switch oled model will also be available it's not included it'll be it'll be available so we may as well talk a little bit about this damn screen, mayn't we? Mayn't we? Mayn't we? Um, yeah, so it's, um, there's some raw facts. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyway, there are some raw facts regarding the Switch OLED model screen and how it stacks up against the other Switch members. So essentially, the new Switch OLED screen has a 7.0-inch OLED multi-touch capacitive touch screen with a resolution of 1280x720p. The standard Switch console also has a 6.2 LCD touchscreen with a resolution of 1280x720p. The handheld-only Switch Lite, which has a 5.5-inch LCD screen, has a resolution of 1280x720. You're probably seeing a bit of a trend here that you all have the same thing in handheld mode. Essentially, what you're getting here is a much crisper craftsbook. Cr uh, crisper screen on the OLEDs. Uh, simply put, the OLED offers uh, elimination on, on per pixel basis, meaning each pixel of the screen can be eliminated um, individually. Conversely, LCD screens rely on elimination of larger backlights, which can result in light spill and dark areas of the screen appear grey rather than black. Think about how uh, the eliminate illuminated black screens look on your switch when it turns on for the first time. Essentially, what they're saying is if you've got... An, the best way to describe it is if you've got an OLED phone. The blacks look black, and that's pretty much it. It's going to look better. It's going to have a better color contrast. It's going to look crisper, a lot slicker, a lot more beautiful. The games are going to be the same, but they're going to look better, essentially. So... 
OLED can um, also offer other benefits in terms of battery life. No power is wasted, lighting areas of the screen that shouldn't be um, on. So OLED screens are more power efficient. Nintendo is apparently using the same battery in the new model, which is a 4310 milliamp hour battery. And its manufactured estimate battery life on the new OLED Switch model uh, are identical to the standard Switch. Four and a half to nine hours, which is a little bit disappointing, but it will see what happens in essence when we get it, you know, in our hands that is probably something i'm going to do uh we've got a couple of copies of breath of the wild here i've got one you know on we can do one hard drive test and one um uh cartridge test leave it running see how the battery lasts probably a great way to do it but it is true when it when 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 the blacks are on the screen it's the the screen is you know and it can turn off and it can keep that battery you know power it down that's why a lot of people recommend dark mode on phones because essentially you're not lighting up parts of the screen that are dark because it doesn't need to um so going on from that now the new screen or well, now the new switch does have a bigger screen which will draw more power and according to nintendo estimates the savings made for the oled efficiency will be eaten up by an extra 0.8 Eight inches of new screen however it's possible that Nintendo are being conservative here and we might see some whatever so modest improvements in terms of battery life no promises though I think overall the screen's great like I'm really glad we've gone to an OLED screen I think it's a really great step forward um, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these games in OLED that's great I think the most disappointing thing or one of the most disappointing things is the joy cons as you are well aware, Nintendo have even been sued over this, and it's the same. The Joy-Cons are exactly the same, and this article goes on to say that Nintendo has already confirmed that Joy-Con that come with the OLED models are the same as the standard Joy-Con, so you'll be able to use them with older Switch systems, as well as extending your Joy. Uh, is it sorry? As well as using your exist, existing Joy-Cons on the new model, it would seem that there are no improvements or additions to these Joy-Cons outside of them being white. So those for, uh, hoping for a hardware fix for the Joy-Con drift may be disappointed, and that's really true. I think. If anything, this would have been a great time for Nintendo to actually address Joy-Con drift and improve those Joy-Cons. Remember, people are spending in excess of about £70 on a pair of Joy-Cons. And Nintendo have literally buried their heads in the sand, been sued over it, and done nothing regarding the Joy-Con drift. The next big thing is the dock. The dock is a lot more rounded, and it looks a lot sleeker and a lot sharper the oled model has a redesigned dock which comes with a built-in land port so now you can enjoy low latency wireless gaming as this is the case with the joy con the dock is also compatible with the original switch too so nothing's changed in size in comparison it's not bigger the joy cons aren't bigger there's uh the screen is the same size they've just stretched the screen out made the bezel smaller but so the dock is available i think the dock is available on the nintendo um each like the nintendo shop i don't think you can buy that separately from retailers um yeah it says here that you'll be able to purchase the dock separately but only from the online store i don't know if they've got a price for the dock actually up um which we probably won't see a price that i think the original dock was like 80 pounds or something so overall i so i bought one the reason i pre-ordered one is because i haven't upgraded it the speakers, the enhanced audio looks pretty cool. I don't play a lot of uh, wireless, you know, or portable gaming on my Switch. I play enough. 
but I don't play a, a lot. But so like the overarching thing with this is the sense that actually, if you've already got an OG Switch or the revised model with a slightly better battery life, then cool, you don't need one. If, especially if you play a lot on your TV. If you play portable or you've got one of them OG switches and your switch is starting to be a bit funky, yeah, this is a great time to upgrade, I think. I'm disappointed we're not getting better hardware or anything like that, of course, but I'm also excited to be buying a new console, newish kind of half new console, and I'll be doing some tests here for Beyond Nintendo, and I, I look forward to it. We'll even do a, an, um, an unboxing when it comes. So October 8th, it's, it's announced. I've got my pre-order confirmation sorted, so we'll have to wait and see and see when they come out. So, yeah. Let me know your thoughts. I'd love to know what you think of the new Switch. I think I can go onto Twitter, and maybe I'll do some read some bad, some, some funny tweets, because I read some hilarious things about this, this Switch model. So there we are. That is the OLED Switch. So let's discuss Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. Um, there's a day one patch coming, version 1.03. Reviews are out, and we're going to go over the reviews shortly. Um, it comes out tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be getting it. I've got to make the decision between Zelda Skyward Sword or Monster Hunter Stories 2. I played a bit of the demo. It's good. Like, it, I didn't like it at first, and then I played a bit more of the demo, and it's pretty solid. It's, it's a cool like JRPG um, with like the you see it in mobile games the like the green blue red kind of um, system to allow you to get the upper hand over your opponent and things like that so that's there you collect monsties and you fight them in battle um, it's a JRPG slash Pokemon style game there's like over 80 collect um, and it's pretty good um, switch performance is not uh, you know, there's a great review from SkillUp. He talks about that he played the demo on the Switch and then bought it on the or got it on the PC version. The PC runs rings around it, so if you're looking for that kind of 4K, 144 um, hertz gameplay, buy it on the PC. If you want to play it on the go, clearly play it on the Switch. It's a Switch game that's been ported to PC, so you know your mileage may vary, but even older hardware should be able to run rings around this damn game. But there was a story that came out, we'll go over to the patch details shortly, that um, that someone had actually posted on, uh, I think it was Twitter, that there was going to be like a 13 gig download. And I reported about this last, last week, or the, uh, the week before on Beyond Nintendo. But Capcom has now confirmed that physical copy of Monster Hunter 2 Stories will not require a download. Apologies for any confusion. So, this has been updated multiple times. I'm going to try and read the original source. Um, here we go. While storage requirements are a necessary problem, especially if you own a micro SD card, there are still some issues of physical copies not featuring the entire game on it, which some might feel that defeats the purpose of purchasing a hard copy in the first place. Capcom, at this point, when this report was done, Capcom has not mentioned the game requiring a download size. We've got update um, from the original article. Here's some news about f that physical collectors are will find quite concerned. The retail version of Monster Hunter Rings of Wound could could potentially require a download. We reported that last week, and there's a few like different tweets. Uh, download required, all sorts of different pieces. Update one. It seems this may not uh, be another instance of Capcom game having a box mis misprint. 
We'll all re remember Resident Evil Re Revelations as the North American players had copy early and started to can play the game without any download required. As you can see from the non-committal approach, we do we don't want to say this 100% certain at this point, but considering there's no download requirement on EU-based retail boxes, it seems a localized printing error. And then we've got update two, which was Thursday the 8th of July. In, a, in an update on social media, Capcom has confirmed the physical version of Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, will not require download or installation to start playing. Apologies for any confusion. In saying this, there'll be there will be a day one patch requires half a gig of um, free space. Here are the full details. So the physical version does not require any downloads of, or installation to start playing. The digital version requires 13 and a half gig of space. Day one patch requires 0.5 gig of free space. Apologies for any confusion. Thank you, Capcom. Talking about the patch, let's go over what you're getting in that small half a gig download. Main edition changes, access to the content from the deluxe kit, as well as the add-on content such as pre-order bonuses. Bug fixes, and bug fixes and miscellaneous loading times have been reduced to this fix has already been applied to the trial version. Minor bug fixes, fixes have been made. Capcom have also announced that it's dis distributing a launch starter pack of Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. It includes Potions 10, Gathering Charm times 3, Charm times 3, oh, sorry, Lucky Charm times 3, Mahana Dunker times 10. To obtain the pack, you'll need to download version 1.03. So that is on its way. Let's talk reviews. Metacritic has got this up as an 81. There'll be no reviews from customers because uh, it's not officially out to buy until tomorrow. So it's reviewed at 81 with the six axes giving it the following. I quote, Monster Hunter 2 Stories Wings of Ruin is a great JRPG that blends the spirit of Monster Hunter with turn-based combat and exploration. The central story is good, but it's the loot loop and party building that really draws you in. It may not represent a huge leap forward for the original game, but this is a fantastic title for fans of either main Monster Hunter series or JRPGs in general. NME, though, gave it a 60. Quote, ultimately a Monster Hunter game for people who don't like Monster Hunter. Wow, Wings of Ruin offers enough spectacle to keep players engaged, but, but for engaged before surprising them with its unexpected depth in combat and customization. It's let down by the repetitiveness in exploration and the slower pace on which Switch players will see much strains from the hardware, but it is still a good time for JRPG fans. So that review there essentially does say what I've said. It Unfortunately, it's hampered by the... Um, what am I trying to say? It's hampered by... The hardware so if you want serious like mad everything go and pick it up on the um pc but it is available on switch and yes that's monster hunter wings of ruin um like i said i'm torn i might have to do a twitter poll of which one to pick up either zelda or this we'll wait and see here's a news that will rock your world well monopoly has an animal crossing edition yep Hasbro has confirmed that the Animal Crossing monopoly set pre-orders are available for $25 and it arrives in August in the US. Here's what included along with a description of customized gameplay, 4 character tokens, 4 skill cards, 35 de decoration cards, 14 chance cards, 14 nook mile cards, 160 resource chips, 40, 45, 45 bell coins, 45 bell coins, right? I think it's supposed to be 45 bell coins, 
40 player markers and a numbered die and a nook crannies die a nook crannies die and a label sheet and games rules quote in this animal crossing edition monopoly game kids and adults can enjoy island life and immerse themselves in a colorful creative world of animal crossing new horizon after your first trip around the board you'll choose a skill card with an ability you can choose throughout the game excuse me moving around the boards the custom tokens inspired by the video game you complete island tasks and meet other characters instead of buying properties and paying rent you collect big so you collect bugs fishes fossils and fruit and you can also stop at nook's granny and cash in bells to buy decorations these decorations are worth nook miles and the player with the most nook miles wins the game well there you go we've got an animal crossing new horizons it, they missed they missed a trick here they missed the ability to put the, the banker as Tom Nook himself. I think genuinely that would have been the the best way to do it. But if you're into Animal Crossing and you want yourself a uh, Monopoly game, that's there. The pictures, it looks a bit sad though, but never mind. Turn this family-friendly game into what is then going to be violence. I don't know. Monopoly, Animal Crossing Monopoly is available if you wish. So last week I mentioned about post-launch content and I think this kind of ruffled a few feathers. I don't know if I agree with it, disagree with it, but I'd like to know where you guys and girls are at. And I asked on Twitter that I was looking for thoughts on post-launch content. Just wanted to know your thoughts and we had a couple of good replies, a few replies and I'll read a couple of them. One here from Age, post-launch for me is for other multiplayer modes or larger side story anything that breaks the main game or makes the main game confusing without post-launch content should always ship at launch Fair point alex here metal alex has responded with its developers sorry if it's developed after the game and has launched instead of cut content from the game that is later resold as extra i'm not too bothered if a game is chopped up like mass effect 2 was to sell crucial critical story content and especially in the show uh, in the case of shadow broker one uh, Shadow Broker. Actually remove some of the best and actually remove some of the best content in the game and ask for more cash is pretty unacceptable. And that's kind of where I lend my thoughts on post-launch content. I think genuinely, if it's actual stuff that's been developed after the game, after the game was launched, I should say, then fine, that's cool. That's always great. But if it's stuff that feels like it should be in the game at launch, or if it feels like it's been cut, then to me that's bad that's kind of where i sit with it with my monster hunter stories uh wings of ruin that stuff felt like content that should have been in the game at release not stuff they should be launching afterwards and that was kind of my little dig at it i think yeah if they're developing the game and they're going to give us a load of stuff afterwards that's pretty cool but you know don't don't make it seem like it's stuff that's coming or should have already been in the game at launch. I think Monster Hunter Rise did it as well. They had a load of like post-launch content, and essentially it was the same. It was. It just felt like it should have been in the game at release. And I still feel like there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people to get this stuff pushed out the door before it's actually ready. That's just me. You know. There we go. So game-wise that I've been playing is I'm still playing Battle Chasers Night War for Unfinished Business and I'm going to be getting that review out soon. It's taken me a lot longer to get that one sorted. It's just one of those things. It's um, it's an RPG that really does take... Uh, it really You really have to grind in that, in that game. It's I didn't expect the grind to be as bad as it is, but it is. I'm about 25 hours in 
and I'm enjoying it still. It's still a great game, but I'm going to persevere and get through it. And then when Unfinished Business launches, you'll be able to hear me talk about it, you know, all of that. I will say this, if you are looking at getting the game, it's well worth it. Just be warned, the Switch performance is a little bit rubbish in places. You definitely notice slowdown and all other bits and pieces that are, you know, that come with playing on the Switch, especially in handheld mode. Um, if you don't know what Battle Chasers is, it's a 3v3 uh, Western-style turn-based RPG, and it's very good. It's set on, uh, based on the comic books, Battle Chasers. It is very good. Uh, lots of great uh, voice work. Lots of great funny lines, dialogue, that kind of stuff. The combat feels really, really impressive and immersive. It's, um, I don't know how immersive it can feel, but I think for me, what I mean by that is there's moments where you use certain characters and when they lay in a punch, it feels like they're punching. It's really, really good. Um, but I'll do my full rundown of what it's like to go back to it three years after my last save on Unfinished Business. But there is a game that I have missed and is now on my radar because this has got huge reviews and positive stuff on Metacritic. Ender Lily's Quitus of the Knights. Um, he's got an 85 Metacritic score with a 9.5 user scores. That is on my radar. Um, Nintendo Life says, quote, Ender Lily's Quitus of the Knights is one of the strongest Metroidvanias of 2021 and easily one of the best examples of the genre on the Switch to date. It boasts excellent visuals throughout with bursts of colour, lighting up otherwise dreary kingdom and a wonderful soundtrack will guarantee will live rent-free in your head for hours. All of this is held together by strong gameplay, which particularly focus on customizable loadouts via the spirit abilities. It's a tough game at times with minor frame rate drip dips, drips, hold it back from true greatness, um, but it's a respectable playtime of roughly 15 hours and it's an experience you'll be glad to try out. So that's on my radar and I'm gonna speak about it hopefully next week. So thank you all for joining me this week on Beyond Nintendo. Let me know what you've been playing, enjoying, all that kind of stuff. It's all good, you know. Nintendo stuff is, is, is happening, there's a lot going on, but at the same time, it's very strange in the world of Nintendo um, at the minute, especially with why the internet's reacting to um, the OLEDs. Uh, maybe I'll do the internet reacts to the, uh, the Switch Pro if you like in an upcoming episode i do have upcoming um i did a recently a the most expensive expensive most expensive collectible games on the uh nes we've got the snares one being sorted so look out for that unfinished business is launching very very soon and along with something else i'll see you all on the next one again uh you can support me over at beyond nintendo uh, on Patreon, go over there, get my content early for as little as a dollar. You can also get in touch with me at the show. Um, with all my shows, we're going to be amalgamating them into one email address, so that'll be going live soon. Head over to Twitter at that chap zap. You can, you know, shout at me on the socials, all that good stuff. Instagram and TikTok, if you want to. I don't post a lot on either, but they're there. Is beyond Nintendo. Thank you very much, guys. See you soon. Bye bye.